So I am with someone who is full of contradictions. Someone I recently met and one thing which describes him for me is that he is absolutely authentic. Full of contradictions, full of energy, full of wit. On one hand, he is devastatingly logical. On another hand, he deepens the mystery of the whole world. He does not dissect it, but he makes it very approachable for you. He is someone who is very unconventional, uh, mystic. He is someone who does not scare you with, you know, the, the, the gargantuan or the, the majestic. He is something which you can touch, feel. He is here with you. He talks the language of today. He talks the language of science. He talks the language of logic. And that's what makes him absolutely special. And I'm privileged to have uh, him here with us and would love to spend some time. Hey, Prasam. <laughs> So, it's your uh, first time in, in Varanasi or you've been here before? I've been here before but uh, more in the passing, just for a day I was here. This is the time really I'm spending time here. You must have thought a lot about this place. How does it match up to what you thought? Today morning somebody was asking me, <laughs> how do you feel about Varanasi? So I told them it's fabulous and filthy. I think that's relevant. In many ways, in terms of what's been done here in the past, it is the most fabulous place on the planet. But the way it is here today, definitely it's not the way anybody would desire a great place like this to be. So leaving the filth and the politics and whatever else that's happening around here, because those things can be changed, I think we need to focus on a magnificent amount of work that's been done here in the past, not just me, I'm sure so many people in the past, many travelers from various parts of the world who have come here, in their own words have, they have said it, people like uh, Mark Twain, Max Muller, some of the Chinese travelers in the last millennium, they have said things that has not been said about any other place. And uh, in terms of its antiquity, nobody is able to fix a date as to where it is. The Banaras Hindu University has archaeological proof to say it is over seven thousand years. Wow. And over seven thousand could be anything. Yeah. The whole effort is to make the limited human being connect with the unlimited. This is always the fundamental of Eastern life. This is not a culture based on some religious belief. We are always seeing that cosmos is just a larger manifestation of who we are. Otherwise, or other ways, we are just a, a tiny micro manifestation of the cosmos. But that's what science also says. I mean, you are part of the energy, you are, you are part from the... 
to some extent, but uh, serious scientists will not accept that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so because of this, the whole effort is to connect. Why should I connect? Well, every human being, wherever he is, whatever he is in his life, he is always trying to be something more than who he is right now. If that something more happens, he wants something more. If you look at it, he is always longing to become limitless. There is no particular boundary which will settle him. It is the boundlessness which will settle him. But isn't it just a thought? Or is it... It is not a thought, it's a longing. Longing See, generated by a thought? No, no. Longing is generating thoughts, not the other way around. Yeah, but it's a vicious circle. No, no, no. It's, no. A, it's a continuum of thoughts. No, no. And it goes it on the, from like a relay race, we pass it on from one generation to another and, and you strengthen. Is it a no. lint of myths? You, you don't teach anything to the next generation, still they will long for something more. It is just that if you're living in a village, you have one cow, you're thinking of two cows. You're living in Mumbai, you are thinking of billions maybe. Because there is an innate longing to expand always. Expansion, different people may find it in different currencies depending upon what they're exposed to. That is thought. Yes. So, 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 see, uh, someone who see, lives what here... what you long for is a thought. Yes. But your longing is not a thought. Even if there is no thought, there is a longing. Yeah. But what you long, long for, and especially in the case of spiritualism, when you say, I want to connect to the larger source, mm -hmm. would, would, wouldn't it be very basic? It, it was not learned, it was not taught, mm -hmm. it was not imbibed by no. me. I would not long for uh, a superior sort See, of... See, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to articulate, you wouldn't be able to articulate, but you are going towards the infinite in installments. It's a hopeless way to do it, that's all. It is the culture which cultures you to make you understand, don't waste your whole life going by installments towards infinite, it's not going to work. It'll become an endless run. If you want to say infinite, you start from one, two, three, four, you will only become endless counting, you will not make it, your longing is fine. But the method that is being employed is hopeless. So, in this culture, from the moment you are born, they said there is no need to go in installments, you seek the ultimate straight away. The only reason why it's not possible is because you are thinking physical. Physically you are trying to become limitless, which is an impossible thing. Because the nature of physicality is a defined boundary. Without a defined boundary, there is no physical in the existence, isn't it? Yeah. So with this a defined boundary, you are trying to seek a place which is unboundless. It is not going to work. See, there is something within every human being that he does not like boundaries. Suppose I imprison you in five by five cubicle, you will feel horribly imprisoned. If I liberate you tomorrow and release you into a ten by ten cubicle, you will feel great for a day. But is it so? Because I have seen stories of people who were born inside a cage. Mm -hmm. And if, isn't it that if you do not know the other reality at all, then this reality is your reality. And the desire for freeing yourself is not there at all because you do not know the meaning of freedom. So the, the desire is not if, for if I, freeing If I imprison a child right from the one yes. day the child is born and he is suspended reality, he, he does not have any... a larger cage. Do you think so? Definitely. Does a parrot want a larger cage, yeah? Definitely. You do one thing, you put a parrot for one year in a small cage, release him into a larger cage, see how happy he will see? He will fly all over the place and he's very happy. Is it my understanding of freedom which makes me feel that he's happy or it is, is it the parrot which is actually happy? The parrot would be most happy if it can fly free. 
that is unquestionable but if the parrot was born inside the cage if the, the parrot cage, does not know what it means to fly across in the sky yes then what would happen it is always looking out of the cage because it wants the cage to expand a little bit that you cannot deny you try experimentals yeah i completely understand when it's when it's known to you what it is to be okay. free what you're trying to say is this longing for freedom or expansion is a conditioned response yeah if you are conditioned otherwise you will not yeah. not true you may not think that big that's why i'm saying people are going in installments yes yeah. yeah, it's a good one see wherever your parents were you are th you are thought to expand little more you're not suddenly thinking of becoming the emperor of the universe okay you're thinking of how to be a successful businessman in mumbai but if that happens you would like to be a sec most successful businessman in the country that happens you would like the world isn't it if that happens if there is a possibility to become the top businessman in the galaxy would you try yeah so that longing to expand is always there how much you think beyond is dependent upon how you are conditioned mm. but the longing to expand is there if that expansion happens you seek the next mm. you are going towards the infinite in installments it is a hopeless no, that's, condition that's a very interesting one i never thought like that so yeah i al always thought that you know if you don't have knowledge that's not true. you don't seek it mm -hmm. uh, it's it's a chicken and egg no, no. so you saying you seek first the knowledge comes later only because people did seek knowledge came knowledge did not exist to start with to start with knowledge did not exist only it's human seeking which brought all the knowledge and science and technology and everything isn't it it started from somewhere for sure first from seeking yes from human longing to expand so here they created a yantra a machine through which everybody can benefit if you just be in this space it will naturally orient you towards ultimate liberation you know when you talk about this instrument which brings me to a question i always ask about yoga and i feel these asanas and i it's is my point of view i mean maybe absolutely wrong but i feel is too much of greed in that to learn from other animals you know why <laughs> snake is doing like this why why <laughs> i think like that i'm telling you that's why i'm asking no whoever you. told you I that really we learned it from the snake i mean you said this asan that asan i feel <laughs> that why are you doing like a dog and why are you doing like a like a lion you know <laughs> everything you want to learn from every, any anybody has anything i want to get the best of it no no is it is it greed or is it no the it yoga like the yoga that you have heard about and come in touch with is a rebound from american coast mm. okay <laughs> that you <laughs> people are writing books saying yoga started in california and madonna was the first practitioner <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yoga started over 15000 years ago when adiyogi taught yoga to his first seven disciples who are today celebrated as saptarishis the yoga that he taught is not a physical exercise nor is it about animals people name it according to what there is see now you get into this pose what is this give it a name what it looks like a boat we call it a boat pose navakasana this is nothing to do with the animals you you sit like this for me you look like something and i'll say that because otherwise how to give a name it just it's just a yes, it's convenience it's of names nothing yeah? to do with animals yeah yeah no it, i thought you know no. some <laughs> of the yoga i'm very very little uh, sort of knowledgeable about yoga so that's the reason it's a very naive question The, but uh, i the, felt the physical asanas are like this 
say if in seventies or early eighties, if you had a television at home, now you're watching your favorite program, suddenly it goes boop, boop, boop in the <laughs> middle. <laughs> then you were a little boy and you run up the terrace and there's yes. a piece of aluminum, you adjust it like this. If you get it to the right place, again the whole world pours in. Okay. So yoga means just this, getting your body aligned with the cosmic geometry. If you hold… if you just learn to hold this right, if you just learn how to sit right, okay, you can download the whole cosmos. It is from that basis that Kashi has been created. To create a large human body, a magnificent human body which is… which doesn't have the inertia of carrying physicality with it, so that it will be on all the time and it can just download the whole process. That is what the phenomenal effort that they made in Kashi. Great. An individual can do it, but to make it happen for many people, it's a different game. So you mean if you, if you see a satellite uh, view of Kashi, it would uh, resemble a kind of a yantra or something like that? Definitely. Even in a… if you come up in a hot air balloon or a helicopter, you can see the yantra form. That is the physical aspect. But some people are claiming they have taken pictures of the energy form, which I have not seen. Just. Uh, the last two days people have been telling me some journalists. Uh, that's exactly what, how I, I was introducing you, that you do not uh, mystify it beyond a point and, and that's what, uh, you know, I like about you especially. Because I feel in the world of religion and even the spirituality, you can… because there's so many layers… No, no, the, that the, you work, can, you the work of a guru is to make the mystical available exactly. to the existing human being. What is available, they're making it mystical. Yes. What is already grasped, that they're trying to make it mystical. No, what is not being grasped which seems mysterious to other people, you bring it down in a way that people can grasp it. That is your work. Not to take away what they have, that is political job. But how do you draw a <laughs> line between, <laughs> you know, being where you said scientific, yantra and… and… and uh, being superstitious? Where… where… where does one draw a line? See. Most of the superstitions that exist in the country today are a science is being transmitted in a dialectical form. So when few generations drop the science because of external invasions, disturbances in the society, when they could not transmit the science, only the stories went by. Without the science, when the stories go by, they will get exaggerated to a point of ridiculousness. Simple things. In Karnataka, there is a belief that if you invite a guest to house, you must keep a pounding stick. If… if you invite somebody for a lunch, you must place a pounding stick. So as soon as the guest comes, they keep a pounding stick as if they want to beat him. So where does it come from? If you trace and go, particularly if you invite them for a non-vegetarian meal, you must have a pounding stick. It goes back and says, they said, if you invite your guest for a non-vegetarian meal, when there were no dentists and no de dental cleaning and all this stuff, non-vegetarian food is something that sticks in people's uh, teeth, so you must always keep a toothpick. There were no ready-made Chinese-made toothpicks, so you had to get to, oh, you know, wow. go to some uh, fresh plant and pluck one, this thing, you said always you keep a stick that stick became bigger, 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 bigger <laughs> and became a pounding stick <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> they want us to go to this. Yeah, fantastic. If a, a tiger is born, it is not thinking how to become a good tiger. Just eat well, mm. it will become a good tiger.
that's not the case with the human being because what what is a good human being still we have not defined <laughs> okay hmm. what is a good tiger we know what is a good dog we know but we do not know what is a good human being yet or or is it that it's a vicious circle and which is unnecessarily complicated because end of the day a, a bliss a tiger can experience a human being cannot experience mm, or we are cursed forever tiger tiger no 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 this is a possibility this is not a curse possibilities are experiences curse when people look at it fearfully see when you look at a possibility from the instinct of self preservation you will always see it as a problem mm you're looking at it because you want to strengthen your fortress but at the same time you're looking at a possibility of going beyond which is always seen as a problem all possibilities are experienced as problems by those people who are living with strong sense of self preservation you're extending that self preservation to psychological preservation emotional preservation these are not to be preserved these are to be liberated so you saying that self preservation is fine as far as it's confined to the body yes not to the thought and the mind no you are thought suppose i destroy all your thought today what's your problem you will run out tomorrow no but it will destroy your identity that is all that is all we are trying to destroy your identity is a self created nonsense yeah so when it's created by you you must be willing to put it down what is creator's creation this body you can't recreate it so you don't damage that so what this do you should be preserved but what do you say to that i think therefore i am <laughs> what do you have to say for that <laughs> you tell me because you are you may think isn't it <laughs> only because you are you may think not because you think you are so somebody is so engrossed in his own thought you're so full of yourself you think your thought is the basis of creation no your thought is just a small aspect of creation it has its relevance it has its beauty but it's a very limited aspect your your thought will fit into your life but your life will never ever fit into your thought yeah the thought should be yours you should not become that of the thought thought is an instrument that you should learn to use you should not become a product of thought thought should be product of yes, you yes right now the thought is using you yeah what your thought says is only coming from the information that it already has isn't yeah. it yeah the existing Exa data exactly. is generating this thoughts that is not a vision that is not some kind of a insight into something that's conditioning there, there are, no but it's useful because thought is the only way you can use the information that you already gathered nothing wrong with it it's a great tool but a tool should not should be used by you you should not be used by the tool i get it i get it please on one hand we say that you know this is just change of clothes but why do people glorify when they come to kashi the death so much why do we have need so much of ritual around uh, so one is this question which comes to my second thing is what is this moksha what is this mukti that why isn't it against life rebirth everything isn't it that we are glorifying death far too much and ultimate death in kashi which is mukti it means we are against life we we think that being reborn is a curse these are the questions <laughs> which i wanted to ask you since
Did you enjoy your school? Yes, your I did. Schooling, you yes. enjoyed it? Yes. But were you, were you very eager to go to college? So when you passed out of your tenth, yes, I think so. tenth or twelfth standard, yeah. suppose we admitted you again to kindergarten yeah. because you enjoyed it so much, would you like it? Or would you like to go to college? I simply did not think that time. It's just that natural no, thing that you go into next. It's to go to the next stage, isn't it? So if you've seen enough of this life, you want to go to the next stage, you don't want to do the same thing again. What's wrong with that? Yeah, but what one was says when one says about moksha, uh, what I have heard, maybe it's a, it's a half-baked knowledge. But the fact is that you will not be reborn right. again. Yes. You will. It's a, so. Being why why is See, so, you such don't an effort? Want to go back to kindergarten again. What's wrong with that? No, but you're saying that you want to don't want to go there go anywhere after that. No, no, no. That's not. You don't want to be born in any form. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to go back to school once again. So every form is a school. You're saying. It's one stage of life. But then why do we say that you know being no, no. born as an ant and being born as a human being are two different things? because of the possibility, not because we think we are superior. No, nobody in this part of the world has ever told you that you are made in God's own image or anything like this. That is the reason why we have all kinds of gods and goddesses. In Kashi, they manufactured thirty-three million gods and goddesses in the form of an elephant, in the form of a snake, in the form of a cow, in the form of a dog, every kind. Just to make you understand, every life has its place. And there is no life happening here without the hand of Creator being actively involved in it. If you watch an ant closely enough, it's a magnificent piece of engineering and mechanics and creation. So, it cannot be happening without the hand of the Creator in it. That is the reason why in this culture, we told you, if you look at a tree, you bow down, you look at a rock, you bow down, you look at a cow, you bow down, you look at God, you do the same thing, you look at a man, woman or child, you do the same thing, because you recognize the hand of the divine is in everything that is there. Every atom cannot function without the source of creation throbbing in it. For yourself, did you create this body from outside, did you borrow it from outside or did it happen from within? You, f you gave it food from outside. But making a banana into a human being happened from within, isn't it? Yeah. So there is an intelligence and a competence which is the very source of creation within this. Otherwise you cannot uh, uh, transform